return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, this morning, I just want to talk about a little bit um, being children of God, children of the Most High, amen. And as Christians, we are children of the Most High. And Pastor Dave always says that we can't defeat the enemy if we don't know who the true enemy is, amen. But it's also true that we can't live in victory if we don't know who we are, amen. Um, People know, you know, Christians that know who their enemy is, that is Satan, but they still let them run rush out over their lives because they don't know who they are. Amen. They don't know that they have the power through their inheritance in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So knowing who we are is just as important as knowing who the enemy is. I mean, it's important that we know what our rights are. Amen. It's important that we know what our blessings, that we, what the promises God has given us are. Amen. Galatians 3.26 through 29 says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So, all sons are sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. So it says that we are heirs according to the promise. The promise that God made to Abraham was that he would be the father of many nations. Father of many nations. Amen. Before Jesus came, Abraham was the father of one nation. Amen. He was the father of the Israelites. You know, they came from Abraham's seed. Amen. So he was the father of two nations, Ishmaelites, Israelites. But according to... um, Christianity and, and, and being a Christian as we know it today, he was the father of the Israelites. Right? And so now we are heirs according to the promise that was through Abraham. Amen. So now the promise, when Jesus came, the promise to Abraham was fulfilled because think of all the Christians in the different nations around the world. Amen. So, you know, he's, he's a father, and it says that there's no, neither Jew nor Greek, but in the Spirit, amen, we are, the, we are all children of Abraham. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? We're all heirs of God. Amen. Galatians 4, 1 says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, 
but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through, Jesus, through Christ. As we go through, when I say son, just it means son, son and daughter. Amen. It's, it's uh, not just for men. Amen. Uh, not just for different uh, cultures. Amen. But it's for everyone who believes. He says in, in chapter 3 that uh, there is neither male nor female. Amen. So we're all one in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So it says that as long, in verse 1, as long as he is a child, he is not different at all from a slave, though he is master of all. So even, even if we don't know it, amen, we are heirs of God, of the Most High. Amen. And even though we don't know it, we can exercise our right and our power as heirs of the Most High. Galatians 4, 5 through 7, the Amplified says, to purchase the freedom of, to ransom, to redeem, to atone for those who are subject to the law, that we might be adopted and have a sonship conferred upon us and be recognized as God's son. And because you really are his sons, God has sent the Holy Spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Father, thank you. Or therefore you are no longer a slave or a bondservant, but a son. And if a son, then it, follow, it follows that you are an heir by the aid of God through Christ. Amen. So if we're a son, it's not a son or a daughter, it's not something to be taken lightly. Amen. Because because we're a son, what follows is all the inheritance that is due us as children of God. And sometimes it seems to be arrogant to say, well, I deserve this and I deserve that. But the Bible says, you know, if you think of a monarchy and there's an heir to a throne, and when he says all this is mine, well, that's not arrogance, that's truth. Amen. So all these spiritual blessings that God has for us, it's not arrogance to say, I claim that, and I claim that, and this is mine, and this is who I am, but it's truth. Amen. And we want to walk in that. We don't want to walk in arrogance, but we want to walk in confidence. I mean, confidence of who we are. Confident knowing that we are heirs to the throne of the Most High. Amen. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Again, the word Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Isn't that amazing? The Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit. That's how close we are to the Lord, is it bears witness. You know, to bear witness to something, if I was going to go and testify in court for a friend, you know, and I, I bore witness of the type of character that this friend had. I would have to know this friend pretty well. Amen. If I was going to put my neck on the line in court for this person, I wouldn't just do it for anybody, right? I, I would make sure that I knew him, that I, that I understood um, who he was. Amen. And so as children of God, because of our relationship with the Lord, the Holy Spirit can bear witness of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Think about that. We're not only children of God, but we're joint heirs. 
with Christ. When you think of joint, you don't think of one person up here and one person up here, amen? But because we're all children of God, joint heirs, amen? Every inheritance that Jesus had, we have, you know, as a man, Jesus had, we have as as well, amen? If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together, be glorified with the Son. The word Abba is the same word Jesus used in Mark 14, 36, when he cried out, to God and said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but you will. Same word used, the Abba. I mean, you think of the emotion that Jesus was going through. I mean, and just crying out as a son cries out to a father. And we can do the same thing. We can cry out to God just as Jesus cried out to him. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're in the same, we're in the same family. Amen? Even as adopted children into the family of God, we have the same right to cry out to him as Abba Father. Once we're adopted into God's family, the heavenly records are rewritten to include us. Amen? They're rewritten to show our sonship. They're rewritten to show our our daughtership. Amen? Got a picture here. It's going to be maybe hard to see, but this is Ryan's birth certificate. If it shows up. That, again, should be on the uh, easy worship. Okay. Well, Ryan's birth certificate, it shows Angeline's name as the mother, and then it, has, it, says, it says parent, and then under parent it says my name, my full name. And, and I thought, that's really cool. You know, I was there you know, in the living room. I was, I was, I've been with him since he was born. Amen. So, yes, I should be considered as his dad. Mason's birth certificate, my adopted son, Mason. Uh, it's the same thing. Once I adopted Mason, they actually updated the birth certificate. So under parent, it says my full name. Amen. Amen. When we get adopted into the family of God, it's the same thing. Amen. So if, if somebody saw the birth certificate, they wouldn't have any idea that I maybe wasn't there for his birth. They wouldn't have any idea that I wasn't there at the beginning with him. But because they updated the birth certificate and everything sealed and stamped, and it said there can be no alterations to this or else it's invalid. Amen. Date, date uh, at the top there's a date issued and it, it, it shows the date of, or date of his birth. Amen. And so, so to anybody else who didn't know our situation, it was like, Oh, he's the biological father of both Ryan and of Mason. And there's nothing different with the birth certificates. Notice it doesn't say it doesn't say adoptive parent on the on the. Uh, it'd be a lot easier if I had it, but it doesn't say adoptive parent on Mason's birth certificate. It just says parent. Amen. It says parent, just the same as Ryan. So when we are adopted into God's family, it says all. It says that if we have always been His. Amen. Everything in our past, everything that we've done, doesn't matter. Amen? We're reborn. It says in the Bible that we're a new creature in Christ. Hallelujah. Our birth certificate is updated with his name. Amen? Just like Mason's last name was changed to my last name, we get a new last name when we become a child of God. Amen? We become a new creature, and everything that we were, our old man, passes away as if we were never that sinful person. Hallelujah. You know, and that's why it irritates me sometimes when, when somebody says, 
I'm a sinner saved by grace. Well, how about we're just saved by grace? Amen? Because when we become adopted in the family of God, we're no longer, that's no longer our MO. That's no longer what we're considered. Amen? We're no longer considered a sinner. 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Amen. So when we know Jesus, when we, when we are reconciled to God, amen, we are the righteousness of God in Jesus. Amen. It doesn't say that everyone is automatically the righteousness of God in him, but first we need to be reconciled to God. And God did his part, reconciled himself to us when the veil tore, when Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross. And it says the veil tore, and there's no more separation between God and man. Amen? He's reconciled to us through the tearing of the veil, but we need to be reconciled to him. Amen? Once we do that, we are no longer considered sinners, but the righteousness of God. Amen? And I think that's a lot of times where, um, you know, it's easy to say... Um, you know, have a kind of a poor me attitude when we see ourselves as as less than what we actually are. When we see ourselves as as more worthless than worth than having worth. Amen. And God wants to see us having worth. He wants us to see in our own selves the worth that we have and what we mean to Him. Amen. Once we do that, we are no longer considered sinners, but the righteousness of God. God doesn't see His children as sinners. Amen. He doesn't see us as unworthy. He doesn't see us as unrighteous people or just someone who's lucky to be a part of his family. That's not how God sees you. Amen. He doesn't talk down to us. You know, he doesn't treat us as second-class citizens. Amen. In fact, as excited as, as we are to be adopted into his family, he's even more excited. Amen. And isn't it exciting that we are adopted into his family? Can you realize... And imagine how much more excited he is for every single one of us individually even than we are for him. We may need him more than he needs us for eternity, but he's definitely more excited to have us because he loves us with an unconditional love. Amen. Hallelujah. He knows who we were. Amen. And he knows who we are now. And he chooses to look at who we are now and not look at who we were. Amen. Isn't that great? That's good news. Amen. God would do anything and does anything for us. Matthew 7, verse 8. says, For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. Or what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Amen. So again, as as an earthly father, as Jesus says, um, being evil, know how to give give good gifts to our children. As an earthly father, I love giving good gifts to my kids. Amen. At Christmas, it was so much fun. It was more fun to watch them and their reaction when they opened their gifts than when I was younger and, and when I received a gift. Amen. But how much more does our Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? Amen. Hallelujah. If we ask in Jesus' name, and it says, let's go to uh, the next verse there, John 14. 
Whatever we ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then he says it again. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen? Anything. Anything. He gives us the desires of our hearts. Amen. He wants us to have good things. He wants us to be able to use resources to go out and proclaim the gospel. Hallelujah. He wants us to have good things so we can give good things. So we can give... uh, He wants us... He loves us so we can give love. Amen. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over love. To anybody who is in our sphere. Amen. To anybody that we interact with. Anybody that we can connect with. Amen. Hallelujah. He's just waiting for us to take part in the blessing that he's already blessed us with as children. All we need to do is ask. There's a lot of things when, when... Jesus died on the cross and we receive our salvation. There's a lot of blessings that he's already given us that we just need to receive. And there's a lot of promises that are still afar off, that things that maybe he's told you in your own life, that he said this is going to come to pass and we need to continue to press towards that mark. But there's a lot of things that he's already given to us, amen, that we just need to unwrap and open and receive it, amen. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And it makes sense because Jesus prays that, um, that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he blesses us with these spiritual blessings. Amen. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, also our Father. Amen. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And so these are no longer privileges to us, but rights. We have a right to these blessings. Again, that may sound arrogant, but it's not because it's, it's truth. Amen. We have rights that, that unbelievers don't have. Amen. I know the Bible says that, that the rain falls of the just and the unjust, and so unbelievers take part in blessings. Amen. But it's a privilege for them. When, we're under the, when, we're, when we have the inheritance of God, it's a right to us. If I had an opportunity to eat lunch with the President of the United States, not very many people get to do that. I, get, I would, it would consider it a privilege. Oh, Mr. President, it's a privilege to eat with you, to eat lunch with you. Any president, amen. But it wouldn't be my right. I wouldn't say, well, I have a right to be here in the White House with the President. But if Barron Trump ate lunch with the President of the United States, his son, amen, it wouldn't be considered a privilege. He wouldn't say, oh, Mr. President, I'm so privileged to eat with you. No, he, he would just expect to be able to eat with his dad. Amen? Hallelujah. You wouldn't just expect that he would, or you would just expect that he would eat with his dad. To me, he's the president. To me, he's kind of this, you know, any, any leader is kind of this untouchable a little bit, you know, kind of like, wow, kind of in awe. But not to, to Baron, it's just dad. Amen? Spiritually speaking, as being adopted in the family of God, he's just a dad. Amen? There's no questions asked when we go to him. There's no questions asked when we want to eat at his table, when we want to have lunch with him or fellowship with him or relationship with him. Even if we've been gone for a long time and we come back and want to have a relationship with Jesus, he doesn't say, well, where, are you, where, are you, where have you been? You know, he doesn't say, well, why should I? You haven't, you haven't been around for so long. No. He understands, too, that we have rights in him. He understands, too, that he wants a relationship with us even more than we want a relationship with him. Amen? Hallelujah. Instead of being timid when it comes to receiving the blessing, we should be bold. 
Baron Trump is probably not timid when asking for things from his father. We don't have to be timid when ask for things from our father. Amen. I don't want my children to be unsure of my love towards them, just like God doesn't want us to be unsure of his love towards us. Amen. We, shouldn't, we don't want to be unsure that his will is for us to be healed and for us to be blessed. And healing is a good example. Both believers and unbelievers can receive healing for their needs. Amen. The ten lepers that were healed, they were all healed. All ten were healed. Only one came back and followed him. Only one became an adopted child of God. Amen. But all ten were healed. But because we, because we serve a good God, unbelievers have the privilege of that manifest healing as well. Amen. A lot of people, you, know, you hear different stories, a lot of people get healed before they get saved. Amen. They're, they're at the end of their rope. They don't know what to do. They're, they're, they haven't wanted anything to do with the Lord. And they say, well, maybe, maybe this whole Christian thing, maybe this whole healing thing actually works. They go to a service. They go to a healing service or a conference. And they get touched by the Lord. They haven't, they haven't asked him into their heart yet. They haven't asked him into their life yet. Amen. But because we serve a merciful God, because we serve a compassionate God. Amen. He, will, he, he is not a respecter of persons. Whether we're in the family or out of the family, he's not a respecter of, of persons as far as if you want healing in your heart and you have faith to believe it, I'm going to heal you. Amen. And that's what he wants to do. You know, there are, there are times where healing doesn't happen and, and we don't know why sometimes. But it's not, it doesn't change the fact that it's his will, will to heal everyone. Amen. He wants to heal us. He wants everybody to be saved. Amen. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our sins on his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Amen. Again, for unbelievers, healing is a privilege. They're not in the family. But for believers, healing is a right. Take your right. Amen. Understand that it is for you. Amen. For those who believe, it is a right to have healing. It is a right to have our needs met. Amen. Dying to sin and living to righteousness just means that we have represented or that we have repented and now live for him. So healing isn't just something that happens, but it's a right that Satan can't take away from us. Because Satan's already been defeated. Death, hell, and the grave. And what comes with death? Well, sickness comes with death. Amen. Disease comes with death. Bad doctor's reports comes with death. Amen. But he's already been defeated. Death has been defeated. Amen. As children, we have everything that God has. In order to walk in our inheritance, we need to know what our inheritance is. Amen? Yeah. It's important to know what we have. Amen? Because yeah. there's so much to the fullness of God, we can't go into detail on everything. There's so much. There's so many things that he has for us. Amen? But that's why we read the word. We want to find out, okay, what do you have for me today, Lord? Because he gives you, he'll give you something every day if you want it. Every single day, you know, if you choose to, to walk in godliness, if you choose to walk in his word, he has something for you, amen? Yes, yes. But it's our choice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we can find out what we receive as a son or daughter of God. Just a couple of things, though. Just some baseline things that we have already. We are healed. We talked about that. We are healed. We have victory over death, hell, and the grave. Amen. 
That's a, that's a right. That victory is our right. Amen? It's our birthright. All of our needs are met. Paul says, uh, my God shall supply all of my needs according to the riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? He doesn't promise that we're going to get filthy rich, but he promises that all of our needs are going to be met. Amen? We have access to be filled with all the fullness of God. What does that mean? I don't know, but it sounds good. <laughs> all the fullness. Amen? That's a lot. We can walk in perfect peace. Amen. We put on the armor of God that says that our feet are shot about with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. So we have peace and we're carrying peace to others. Amen. We bring good news to people. And then we can talk to them anytime we like. Rain, shine, day, night. Whether it's 80 degrees in India or negative 15 degrees in Brookings. Amen. We can talk to them. He's all around us. Amen. I can talk to him the same time you can talk to him, and vice versa. Amen. He doesn't sleep. Amen. He's not distracted. Amen. Not distracted. Hallelujah. And then we get to eat at his table, which means we get to have an intimate relationship with him. And I've talked about it before. That is one of the most important things in our life. Once we become saved, you can be saved and not have a good relationship with the Lord. You can be distant or whatever. But having a good relationship with the Lord is so important because it helps you daily in our walk. It helps us daily in our walk with in, in just in just troubles in times that we need somebody to to listen or a shoulder to cry. And he can be that person, Amen. And he should be that person. He should be that first person we go to whenever we have a problem. He should be the first person to go to when we don't have a problem, Amen. He just wants good things for us. Revelation three twenty. When Jesus is talking to the lukewarm, lukewarm church, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, and I will dine with him, and he with me. And then maybe you've grown complacent in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you're not as close. Um, maybe at one point he was eating at your table, but now he's kind of on the outside of the door. Amen. One thing about the Lord, and you can, you can write this down, he never gives up on us. Amen. He will, no matter what situation you're going in, you're, you're in, no matter how complacent maybe you've gotten as a Christian, no matter how much you've tried to push him away, he's still right there, kind of knocking at the door. He wants the fellowship. I mean, he wants to have a relationship. He wants to have intimacy with you. Amen. If you have been complacent, know that he's standing at the door of your heart right now, and he's knocking at the door of your heart, wanting to come in, wanting to fellowship with you. Amen. Waiting for you to let him in so you can have an intimate relationship with your father. Amen. And, and again, it's important to not think of God as just this distant God, this distant being, this distant spirit. No, but he's our father. I mean, he, he's with us. You know, think of, a, think of your own father. You know, if you scraped your knee, you know, I know Mason one time shut his finger in a door. And I was right there. I mean, ran over to him. Are you okay? Do, you know, praying over him and different things like that. Whenever we're in trouble, God runs to our defense. Amen. He runs to us. He wants to see if we're okay. Amen. The Bible says, if we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Amen. And he is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman, so if we don't want it, that's, you know, he's not going to force us into any relationship. Amen. He's not going to force us any, into any relationship with him. Hallelujah. All these things aren't privileges to us, 
but are all part of our inheritance. Whether we choose to walk in them is our choice. Amen. If we're children of God, all these things are available to us. But if we choose not to walk in them, then we choose not to walk in them. We're not taking part of what God has for us. Amen. And think of the prodigal son, or I like to call it the, the loving father story. Because really it's more about the father's love than it's about the son that ran away and came back. Amen. Because we all, at one point or another, we all run away and come back. At one point or another, we all stray a little bit from what God has for us and stray away from our father. But think of the love. As, and it says that as the son was still a far way off, the father saw him and ran to him and greeted him and kissed him. Amen? Let him run to you. Amen? If you're, if, if, if you're in, a, in a rough patch, let him, just let him shower you with blessings, shower you with love. Amen? John 1, 12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave them the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who are born not of blood, excuse me, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but God. Now, this doesn't mean, just because we have a right to these things, doesn't mean that he loves us more than anybody else. Amen. He loves everybody unconditionally. Amen. He loves the saint just as much as he loves the terrorist. Amen. Hallelujah. There's nothing, David said, that can separate us from the love of God. Or Paul said that. But David said, even if I made my bed in hell, you'd be there with me. Paul said, there's nothing, nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Amen? Hallelujah. That's the amazing thing about the Lord. He loves those who love him and those who don't. Amen? But as his children, we are entitled to things that non-believers aren't entitled to until they become believers. Amen? And I would say if there's anybody in here that, that doesn't know Jesus as the Lord of their life, it's so simple to do. Amen. Uh, Greg calls it the life prayer. Not a sinner's prayer. Amen. A life prayer. Because he gives us life. Amen. When we come to him, we run to him, he gives us life. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go back to Ephesians uh, uh, 1.4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I mean, I believe, he, I believe he's called everyone to be his children. He has called everyone to be saved. Amen. First Timothy 2, 3-4 says, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who, has will, that, uh, who will to have all men to be saved. Amen. He's called everyone to be, be his children, but not everyone can call him his father until they receive that free gift of salvation. Verse 5 in Ephesians 1, having predestined us to the adoption as by sons, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. This word adoption in the Greek is hiwazosia, which means the placing as a son. Amen. So when we're adopted, we're placed into his arms. And so that's how I see it at least. The placing of a son into our father's arms. I have a friend who um, him and his wife have uh, adopted a child from India, from Chennai, actually, which is pretty cool. And, uh, but from the time that it started to the time it ended, it was two years. It took two years for them from the, when they first started the process, and they knew the child they were going to adopt until, until the, the time where they actually brought him home. And that was only a couple months ago when they were able to bring him home. And uh, 
but I see on Facebook, you know, his smile, how happy he is, how, how much fun he has with his dad and his mom. And I just think, praise God. Amen. That adoption, placing, we're just placed in his family. It's like, it's like you know, we're just dropped, you know, not dropped out of the sky, but we're, we're just placed in his family. It's like we're placed in his arms. He's there already holding us. Amen? Once we're adopted into the family of God, our past no longer defines us. And much like a monarchy, what defines us is our family name. And that's how we should be recognized. Amen? Not about all the, all the things that we did in the past, but now we have a family name that has, name that has some power. Amen? We have a family name that means something. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Just like now, people don't call Mason by his former last name. They call him by his current last name. You know, nobody calls him, you know, nobody calls him Mason Wind anymore. That's, that's gone. And the good thing is, you know, uh, again, it's by choice. So if, you know, the only way that we're going to have his last name is if we want it. Amen? You know, I'm, I'm so blessed that all the kids wanted to have my last name, you know, and, you know, even if they didn't, obviously the unconditional love would still be the same, but it's a good parallel, amen, to being adopted by, by the Lord, amen. Hallelujah. Again, his will is that all people are saved. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Amen. That means he bestowed grace or favor upon us. When he made us accepted, um, when we were accepted by the, in the beloved, means he, he bestowed grace or favor upon us. Verse 7, in him we have redeem, uh, redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So now we get into some of the things that we have as his children. So we have the redemption through his blood, and this is for everyone, amen, but only comes into effect when we receive salvation. And we accept that gift from him. We have forgiveness of sins. Jesus came and forgave the sins of the world. But when we become a child of God, a cleansing of our sins takes place. John, uh, 1 John 1, nine says that if we repent of our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Verse 8, which he made, us, uh, made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. So he's given us godly wisdom and prudence, understanding. When Paul prays for the church in uh, Ephesians 3, Ephesians 3.17, he says, Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Again, that's where I can't, can, that comes from, filled with all the fullness. All the fullness, overflowing. You notice that God never does anything and gives us just enough. Everything he does is overflowing. Amen. He loves us beyond understanding. No, he says in the Bible that our cup runneth over. Amen. He loves us unconditionally so that we can love, we can give un- unconditionally as well. Amen. Ephesians 1.9, having made known to us the mysteries of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. So mysteries of his will have been made known to us. Amen? All the mysteries, everything that he wills for us is in plain sight. Amen? We get into the word, we read the word, find out what his will is for our lives. 
Amen? And then it says in... uh, It says in verse 12, I'll, I'm going to read it here. Uh, in 11 it says, In him we also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things together according to the counsel of his will, that who we first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom, in whom also, having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. So I love that word sealed. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee. Amen. He's the deposit. He's the down payment for us. He's the first installment, amen, of our inheritance. When the fact that we have the Holy Spirit, it's like, it's kind of, we're earmarked. It's like, oh yeah, he's mine. I've purchased this soul, Amen. When we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, people notice. Amen? Amen. We want them to notice. Amen. When we became a Christian, we received the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a down payment receipt until we can claim our eternal inheritance. The Holy Spirit invested in us is God's title to possessing us entirely and forever. Amen? The Bible talks about the hope of his promise. Well, his promise to us as Christians is eternity with him. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit now, we have, we're, we have all these blessings that he's blessed us with, all these spiritual blessings, but the end result is eternity with him. You know, right now, we've, been, we've, we've had a down payment put on us. Amen. There's been a first installment on our souls. <laughs> Amen. Just waiting for the day that Jesus comes back. Yes. Hallelujah. We can be sure through this Holy Spirit that we are guaranteed of our inheritance. Amen. There's no question of our inheritance as Christians. There should be no question. You know, it's, it's Baron Trump. He had no question of his inheritance. He's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm Baron Trump. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm a child of God. Amen. See? <laughs> I have the Holy Spirit. See the deposit in me? Amen? There's no question of our inheritance as Christians. Take hold of it. Amen. Walk confidently in 2020 that you are a child of the Most High. Amen. And again, we don't have to be arrogant about it, but we can be confident about it. Maybe the world doesn't, won't be able to decipher either, but we can walk confident and boldly. The Bible says that we can go boldly to the throne room of grace, amen, to find help in time of need. So I just encourage you, just this week, just constantly keep, that, keep your mind on the fact that you are a child of God, that you are adopted into the family, there, there is no, that, there, that there is no... Um, what you were before you were adopted into God's family, before you became a Christian, is doesn't, you know, all the bad things, all, you know, any sinful nature doesn't matter. What matters is that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus now. Amen. See yourselves as that. Amen. Think in the Bible when Jesus, when he was casting out spirits, they saw him as the Son of God. He kept calling himself the Son of Man, but they saw him as the Son of God. Satan already sees you as the Son of, the, son of God. Amen. He sees you as one of his children. Start seeing yourself that way. Amen? Don't let Satan run roughshod over your life because you don't know who you are in Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we are adopted into your wonderful, wonderful family. Hallelujah. We thank you that we have an inheritance in you, Jesus. We have an inheritance, according to the scriptures, that we have a right to be called children of God. Hallelujah. Lord, help us see 
just throughout the whole year of 2020. Help us see the blessings. Help us see the promises that you have for us. Help us see us in a, in a better light than we see ourselves, Lord. That you have good plans for us, Father. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for a great service tonight. That your word is going forth. That your Holy Spirit is moving. Hallelujah in this place. We thank you for all the children. We thank you for Kids Rock in the back, Lord, that, that you are raising up leaders, Father. That our children, that the children here in this church can, can set an example for us as adults, Lord. That they can set an example for us to, to have that fire in our souls, Lord. We just thank you. We praise you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.